I just cracked open a fortune cookie. On the little slip of paper inside, it said, You will enjoy old friends and new friends today. Huh, I sighed, more than slightly skeptical that these pocket predictions will ever come true, when suddenly my iPhone shouted at me. Between the sheets! You will enjoy old friends and new friends today between the sheets! Then I was immediately excited and blushing. My afternoon became infinitely more suspenseful. How in the world would this all come about? Would the UPS man finally make a move? Does he count as an old friend or a new friend? What about <laughs> that girl who everyone said looked like me our sophomore year? Would she suddenly move into the apartment next door? Would it still count as a menage a trois if we look similar? What if the UPS man gets along more with her than with me? What if my husband gets the same cookie and brings home his barista and someone from his freshman year who, funnily enough, is a new client? I don't think we'll all fit. And I should definitely get new sheets after that. Yikes. What if everyone only drinks Diet Pepsi and all I have is Diet Coke? Will I be considered rude for not knowing what old friends like to drink post-coitally? Between the Sheets, the app that makes your post-work lunch daydreams way more fantastical and full of questions. Add Between the Sheets app to your fortune today. In addition to the Between the Sheets app, we are also being sponsored by Fortune Cookies, Diet Coke, and also New Sheets. <laughs> <laughs> this is Grilled Cheese and Gin Podcast, Episode 8, Pleasure Ploys. I'm Jessica. I like a good saucy story in my ear heard. And I'm Vicky. I like to dominate the remote. This is the Girl Cheese and Gin podcast where we talk about womaning and realizing your changeable dream. And we listen to women much more experienced than us about their zigzag path towards those moving targets. Side note, this is considered a very racy topic and my parents should probably stop listening right now. <laughs> Mine too. Vicky, <laughs> how are things going? Last we talked, you were pulling out note cards for your novel. And then I know we also want to hear if you decided to go to the nag with a class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want like all of the updates. Yeah, okay. All I, of I, I could do that. <laughs> I haven't I have not gone to the nag yet. I still have to do that. Um I kind of switched around my life, so it might not be possible for me to do that. Um, I have a few more responsibilities now that I kind of want to focus on. However, it's not off the table, and I definitely want to do it in the future. Um, I also, oh, for people who didn't listen to that episode, the NAG is the Northfield Art Guild where I could teach creative writing classes. And the classes I'm talking about are art doula classes. But instead, I'd like to sink some time into um, actually putting Art Doula up as a website and getting a podcast going for that. Yeah. So how was your week? How did your week go? Uh, pretty Fun. Uh, well, yeah, fun. I'm looking forward to this week. I'm going to be doing some more background work. We're also going to be going to the Hollywood Bowl, which for me is going to be the first time. Oh, my God. I also ran for the first time in my life six miles on Saturday. And then I got these gigantic blisters on the bottom of my feet, which Jacob was kind enough to, uh, you know, drain. 
<laughs> for me and tape them what up. What a nice hubby. I know. Now I'm like, fuck, I got to run. I, I mean, I had to keep running. The race is on the second. Eh, oh, well. It's going to happen. So you're – hold on. <laughs> what are you training for? Oh, no. Sorry. What? <laughs> it's, sorry. It's not a race. It's just a, a 10K at the uh, at Disneyland on September 2nd. It's some it's around the park. I've heard that you might get to see some backstage stuff, but that might just be the half marathon. I don't know. But I have never run yeah, that much. What happened was literally the day after we moved here, my aunt and uncle came down from Santa Barbara and they were like, hey, we want to see you. We were like, we just got here, but sure. And they're like, we want to see the apartment. We don't even have furniture yet, but sure, okay. And then started talking about how she was running. And she was like, I've always wanted to do one of those runs. And I said, oh, yeah, I had some coworkers that did a bunch of those. And she was like, do you run? Do you want to run? And I was like, I, d- I, uh, uh, And, you know, not having, like, any goals other than, like, find a job or, like, figure my shit out and (laughs) (laughs) make my dreams come true. (laughs) No, you know, small goals for tiny, tiny goals. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I had nothing. So I was like, yeah, sure. And Jacob's standing beside me, totally enabling it and being like, oh, there's one coming up in September. That's enough time to train. (laughs) So... (laughs) The thing is, is this is I'm scared of is that I don't actually run on the street because the street is super busy and there's just all these cars Mm -hmm. around here and I don't feel safe as a lady, blah, blah, blah. So I run in the air conditioned gym and (laughs) I run kind of at all hours of the day uh, and... I run on, you know, one of those machines and I have a friend who told me that she had a machine and then she started running outside with a buddy and she was like, holy crap, it's so different. I felt that way too. Like I used to run at the gym on the treadmill all the time and I was good at it, good at it, good at it, good at it. And I'm like, okay, let me try outside. It is so, like for me, it was really hard. It felt like I was trying to like run through sand. It was so bizarre. Oh, man. At least once before your race, I would suggest like going to a park, maybe with Jacob and being like, okay, we're gonna go run for a couple of minutes just to see what it feels like. Because it might, you might not experience that at all. Like, some people don't. If you have like, if you're a type of person that's like, I have huge amounts of resistance on the treadmill, like you're not going to notice any kind of difference. But I didn't. I just had like flat treadmill at a certain pace. And I was just like going, going, going. And then I like basically felt like I was going to fall apart when I was on on dry land. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. That's a good idea. I will go to I'll find a park. Oh, oh, this is the thing I was gonna say. I know I saw somewhere on the website. If you're not done after this hour, then it's over. Oh. Um, and I can't find that anymore. So I have no idea if my pace is acceptable. Hopefully they reiterate it so that you can be like, okay, at nine, you know, at six 30, I need to be done and I just need to walk home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I am not getting, if I'm going through at five 30, I'm not getting done at six 30. Like that's not going to happen. I could see maybe 
like this week I did it in, I did six miles in 99 minutes. Because that's all the machine will let me put in is 99 minutes. I guess that's not bad. Or I don't know. I don't know. The thing about a treadmill is that it keeps you running at a specific pace. So if your pace is pretty slow, you're going to keep running slow. If your pace is pretty fast, you're going to keep running fast. Like you just set it and you go and there's not a lot to think about. Whereas when you're running outside, your pace varies a lot because you're like, I'm slowing down because there's a duck and I don't want to run by the duck. And okay, the duck is gone. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You have very interesting runs. (laughs) Well, there is a horde, not a gaggle. Make no mistake. It's a gaggle of geese. It is a horde of geese. And they have taken over this entire park and they like don't want you to be near them so if you see the geese you have to plan a different route oh my (laughs) god wow you can run to a certain point and then you have to turn (laughs) (laughs) i actually did that i was running home i was like oh god the geese are everywhere they're everywhere okay we're going a different direction and like ended up putting a couple of extra miles on (laughs) i don't know where i am (laughs) goddamn geese Geese. Oh, I'm glad our town is small. <laughs> it's the Canadian geese, right? Yeah. They're like 15 feet tall with bills like razor blades. When we were leaving your place, they were crossing the street in front of us. Like nobody could move. We were all just like, wait. That's for the them. Geese. <laughs> that's, that's the gang of geese. Because <laughs> they will bite your car off. <laughs> They'll bite your, bite your off. bumper off and it'll poke out your headlights. <laughs> everybody's like afraid to honk at them or like drive at them and make them leave like everybody's just like oh yes geese geese yes yes (laughs) i see a traffic alert on my phone that says there's like slight traffic in your area i'm like fucking geese are crossing the road (laughs) oh my god that you know that There's no other reason to have traffic on this road. There's just no earthly reason why there would be traffic except the geese. And like, it's not even that big of a deal. It's like five extra minutes, but it just is annoying. Let's get into the title of this. The pleasure business for women has come million light years from where it was only 30 years ago. And there are so many new and interesting products going out for sale this year. And there's still so much room for invention. Not only do I feel like there has been a surge in like just the products that are available for women's pleasure, but also like the visibility and the availability of women's products. Um, and part of that I know is because I choose to consume that stuff. I watch a lot of YouTube that is very sex positive, especially slanted in the female direction. So I see a lot of commercials that are geared towards women, but also there have been like jewelry companies that have come out with like wearable vibrators that look very pretty, but you know that it's a vibrator and you can just like play whenever you want. And there are things for couples and there are things for um there are you know different ways of experiencing it you can experience it on your own you can experience it with a partner you can experience with the partner who's far away like well not that far because 
the remote system doesn't work that far. You know, you get too far away and just dies. But anyway. (laughs) My challenge is that I feel like most everything, uh, when it comes down to it, has a uh, a motor that is ridiculous and mm-hmm. um i'm like okay that's that i'm very um changeable in that regard and i don't like the whole the the motors are just um they're too strong it feels like um like i have this water pick uh for my teeth in my mm-hmm. uh, in my apartment and it well even when i had it in the house it would sit on the countertop and it sounds like a jackhammer and <laughs> so it's like this this really necessary to have this you know um sort of crude experience from when you when you can have a laptop that is in solid state and doesn't even have a fan anymore really like it's crazy that uh, when you want a vibrator and you want something that is, you know, works and it is similarly quiet, like it has to feel like you're putting a jackhammer against your like softest, uh, most <laughs> pretty sensitive parts. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. They, and even the ones that advertise like very low settings and hundreds of settings and all of these things, it's like, Right, but if your lowest setting starts off with like, oh my god, I can't possibly do that. Like, you have to be so ready for that. And it's just, yeah, I completely agree. I also have one that starts off at medium. Girl, you do not want to start off at medium. (laughs) That's hilarious. I'm like, I'm like, how do I change this? Like, I would like to start off low. Let's let's build up. Like, what are you doing right now? Yeah, yeah. I also, yeah, the medium, and then you have to deal with the noise, or not the deal with the noise, but like, I guess that's when you really have to be like, now we have to have a mixtape for this or we really have to turn on the Amazon Prime music because uh, it's going to be loud in here and that's going to be a little distracting and probably not super sexy. <laughs> like, it's just not like that motor is not the uh, like the soundtrack to sexy times. <laughs> okay, so uh, that okay, so the trouble is that the way that you make it vibrate, like actually make the the vibrating uh, motion is that it's a motor that is off balance. Oh. oh. Like that. That's how Thank it works you. in your phone. It, that's how it works in your vibrators. That's how it works in those big, huge, like, neck vibrators that you have. Um, <laughs> LOL, neck vibrator. Sure it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 but, so there's no real good way to like make that sense, like make that sensation happen without having the noise because I completely agree. I have a vibrator that like is supposed to be used in public and it's like, yeah, it's so quiet that you can totally use it in public. LOL. And like, I'm listening to this. I'm like, we're not going outside. This is not happening. (laughs) 
<laughs> Everyone's like, going to be What's that around. tiny lawnmower in your crotch? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I, you know, maybe then, for a course, festival. Like, it's, supposed, it's supposed to build up. So it's like tiny lawnmower, medium-sized lawnmower, ridiculously, <laughs> like, who is cutting their lawn in January? Who who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did it? Nobody saw the snowblower going by, huh? What? <laughs> and back again. Just went back. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you have to sit there and make up elaborate stories for why there's a random sound emanating from within your body. Like I don't know. <laughs> Books on tape. Your grandma can't see the words on the page, but she can still imagine a hot specimen of humanity when she hears it. And even though you got rid of your tape deck in the last apartment purge, you can now hear about throbbing body parts via your smartphone. Books on tape. When you want to imagine the shoulders hair, chest, thighs, shirt, and hat without a pesky costume budget and a cinematographer framing out your favorite parts. Audible.com is in no way sponsoring this podcast. Throbbing Body Parts also not sponsoring this podcast. Thank you so much, Kim Fabel, for joining us on the Grilled Cheese and Gin podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting because all three of us are on the call. This has not happened very often. Usually we're like (laughs) in separate little buckets. (laughs) I called the episode Pleasure Ploys, but it's sex toys. (laughs) And we were just talking just a little bit before in the living room, and we were like, we should probably talk about this. On the podcast. Right. Save it for the podcast. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you said, which I did not know this because we met what you were an improviser and we met in a show um, in Vegas, but I didn't realize, and I knew that you were in the adult industry, but I didn't realize that it was such a passion for you that this was your whole life. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, passion is my passion. It's my livelihood. <laughs> uh it, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 33 now, but when I was 18, I had dropped out of college because I was broke. You know, I ran through all my money like a, like a dumb college kid. And I was, you know, what I thought was rebellious. Like I had a green mohawk and, um, I, you know, like a lip ring. So I was like, I want to get a, you know, I have to get a job, but I didn't want to work at Hot Topic. Like that was like, <laughs> I was like, where else can I work that they won't make me dye my hair a normal color? Um, and it was like, it was easy. Cause I was like, Oh, the porn shop. Cool. I've always been fascinated with it. Always. Like, not even on, like, a sexual level, just in a fascination level. Like, pornography, it's funny. Like, sometimes it'll make you laugh. Like, sometimes they get have real elaborate storylines. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously, like, it, you know, it all eventually has the same ending. But um, <laughs> but I just always, like, was obsessed with it. So I, I got a job, like, working at a little adult bookstore in central Pennsylvania when I was 18 for six fifty an hour. And wow. 
I know. And I was like making bank. Like that was like, oh, my boyfriend can move in with me. We can get our own place like Whoa, at six nice. fifty an hour, you know, uh, insane. So yeah, that was 2003 and that job just clicked for me. There was something about working in that environment that just flipped on a switch and I just was, you know, I wanted to know everything and I wanted to move up and I wanted to make it a career because there was um, basically the the king of an a- adult film empire, Jules Jordan, got his start at the same store as oh I did. Oh my gosh. I know. It was like meeting a rock star, um, sort of, uh, that you've seen naked like a lot of times. Because yeah. um, <laughs> he's a performer. <laughs> What's up? What what rock star haven't you seen yeah. naked a couple of times? <laughs> right, right. In this day and age. That's so true. Um, but yeah, so he would come back and visit and I was like, oh, I want to be just like Jules Jordan. Uh, and uh, I mean, it was just a, a silly dream, sort of. But uh, but I oversaw this entire transformation of this little bookstore where people would come in with their heads down, didn't want to be talked to, give me my movies and let me go uh, into like this sex positive boutique that was hosting ladies nights events. Oh, and, wow. You know, I mean, you know, like we, we did fundraisers for the PA breast cancer coalition. Like we brought this, this shady little back alley porn shop into like, you know, Hey, like people are educating themselves on their bodies and sex and especially women like sex in the city did a lot for just with one episode when they talked about the rabbit vibrator. Oh yeah. The business that that did for for this entire industry just brought this whole thing out in the mainstream like we can talk about this now yeah yeah i have a sex toy do you have a sex toy (laughs) i want to know what what the best sex toy is um so that was i mean i I worked there for a very long time and i've just kind of moved up since then so i i mean this this is a career it's a 14 year (laughs) career that i've made out of a 650 an hour job wow (laughs) that is cool um so describe what it is that you do now and who do you work for? Um, well, I work for Jules Jordan. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, holy crap. <laughs> He's, um, a couple of years ago, I was managing a store in Vegas, and Jules Jordan and I had never, like, we had always kind of stayed in touch. Like, I'd see him at some of the events, and he actually messaged me on Facebook and said, I have something you might be interested in, because the last time I had run into him, I said, you know, he's asking me how business is, and I... I share, I was like, I love this business. I want to stay in this industry forever. I'm just so tired of retail. Like... Get mm-hmm. me beyond this this hurdle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, three three months later, I think is when he messaged me on Facebook and said, "I think I want to start a high end toy line, and I want someone with a retail background." Um, you and I come from the same area, so like I, you know, I know the people you worked for and everything. So it just, you know, he gave me that opportunity, and I packed up and moved to Los Angeles because I would have been an idiot not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So which which high-end toy line is this? Like, can you tell us, like, would we know if we, like, Googled Jules Jordan high-end toy line? Would we know? Um, well, his name is, it's not a Jules Jordan branded oh. toy. It's it's not it's not a secret that he's the man behind it, but he didn't want to associate his, his movies with it because he really wanted it to be something that's that will appeal to women, something that, you know, even, like, women that don't want, you know, like, nothing hardcore. I'm scared. This is my first product. You know, I don't want anything that looks like a, you know, what the women that won't even say the words. Oh, like the ones, <laughs> the ones that say cheese and crackers or yeah, shut yeah. the front door. Um, shut the front door. Right. Thought of that? Wow. <laughs> so that's, that's what he wanted. So, you know, he thought it best to keep his, his triple X name out of it. Um, but the brand is called clandestine devices 
And okay. we have one product out that's called the Mimic, and it just started shipping in January, and we've already almost sold out. It's wow. we, It made the Cosmopolitan August issue for Sex Toy of the Month. We won um, an industry award for new product of the year. So I, we're, we're very thrilled with it. So if you don't know what it is, we hope that you will soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you're going to right now. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> if you could tell us about how toys get made in the process, but maybe you can tell us in the case study of what you have right here. And I don't, uh, Vicki, I don't know if you can see. Where is this? There we go. Oh, it's so cute. It's like a, like a manta ray. Yes. Yeah, it does. So, um, I mean, specifically to the mimic, um, we wanted to basically take what, what we know, mainly what I know, since I came from this background and, and I saw the toys overtake the, the movies, you know. Um, he wanted someone that saw that. And so the bottom line is the most popular products, like the most popular adult products, um, are clitoral vibrators. They're external stimulators. That's, it's, you know, scientifically proven that the majority of, you know, women that can achieve orgasm will achieve it clitorally. And so mm -hmm. why do we, you know, let's, let's take a solid product and make it much better than what's out there. Uh, we, we knew we weren't going to reinvent the wheel, but we wanted to make the wheel better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, I personally, you know, just sold selling these things over and over to so many people, you get to hear these magical stories. That's what I love about the industry. Huh. Um, you know, like just, just having any, all walks of life, especially, uh, I mean, there's, there are certain things that stick out in a, in a career as long as this with certain customers. And there was this much, much older lady that came into the store that I, that I started in. And, um, and when I say much, much older, I mean like, a grandma like uh -huh. <laughs> um and she came in and she told me that she had you know never had an orgasm and was looking for a product that could help her you know and it's that mm -hmm. it's those moments where you realize like this person could very well walk out of the store empty-handed but if they learned something yeah that's what matters more like that's why this business means the world to me because i think you can reach people on a personal level being a total stranger working in this field, they trust you. And yeah. so, you know, I, I take that seriously. And I've met a lot of amazing people that work in this field that, that take that seriously. But anyway, so I wanted to make a product that would be a surefire hit with the people that use products and maybe something that would mm -hmm. appeal to people that were scared to or intimidated or just hadn't yet, you know, just for whatever reason. Um, and it really became kind of clear. I wanted to make a vibrator for people that don't use vibrators because mm. that's what I was like, I, I, all the years that I worked in the stores, I had used a ton of different products and just never, you know, when it came to like a surefire thing, there was never a toy involved. Mm. And mm -hmm. so, um, the shape of this is based basically on, on how a woman might achieve a clitoral orgasm without a toy. Uh -huh. And this just happens to fit the way your hand is going to shape anyway. Um, uh, yeah. you have a pink one too. <laughs> <laughs> It comes in three colors. There's a black, a sea foam, and a lilac. <laughs> They're so cute. Okay. <laughs> um, and the trend with these products is to make them rechargeable, body safe. So you start oh. with a, a, you know, you want, I knew I wanted something, you know, a non-porous, body safe, medical grade, if you will, silicone um, that people aren't going to have bad reactions to, nothing that's got phthalates in it, anything, you know, there's no latex in it, so there's no latex allergies. And uh, and make a rechargeable device. I mean, these are this retails for one hundred and twenty five dollars. Oh, 
So that's the trend in products, you know, that are that are coming out now that I think the education and the the body positivity and the sex positivity has become such a huge part of our culture. Um, obviously, we have, you know, many more steps to take. Sure. But it's certainly, you know, much, much more mainstream and accepted than it once was. So people are caring more about the products that they're using. Yeah. Um, because they're aware of what it's, you know, that it's worth it. And it's, it is at this point kind of like an investment. Yeah. 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 And rechargeable. So this this little, the sort of clear bottom part just sits on a stand. Yeah. Well, you... this actually, the the base of it, um, we kept it clear because it'll, the lights, um, and I'm unlocking it. So it's oh. something you can lock when you travel. That's why it wasn't buzzing around in my purse oh. on the way here. So right. when you unlock it, um, that light will, we kind of wanted it to be something that's going to illuminate in the dark and underwater because it is fully waterproof. So oh, you can use sweet. it in a hot tub or... You know, you can't go deep sea diving with it, but we didn't want to make it look like a stingray and not let you be able to swim with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Um, but when it starts to lose power, the the LED light in the base will start flashing. Oh. So it's, you know, unlike a battery operated product, it's not going to just die out on you. It'll give you some warning just like your phone does. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Cool. So you chose the products or the what the materials and um, does does your did you already have those contacts like how do you find the the different people that go into the building the motor and building the rechargeable part and then I think the hardest thing about designing the product is getting someone who can actually draw it <laughs> oh you know um, but so I mean there are concept artists that that you know we've worked with um, it's also just a matter of like can we explain it enough to our manufacturer for them to give us a sketch and we can give them the thumbs up. Um, and it was kind of a combination of both of those things. Uh, but the context of find these manufacturers, the adult industry is a very small industry. Um, it's been called incestuous, like people bounce from company to company. That's another reason why I was hired because I hadn't worked for a dozen other vendors. Um, so I didn't have any bad blood with any potential, you know, partners and customers. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, like I said, he, he got his start in the same store I did. He had already made it big by the time I started there. But um, prior to that, he had worked for a distributor on the East Coast. And so for for years, he worked with them before he started filming and, and moved out to Los Angeles. And I think one of his contacts from that old distributor knew a manufacturer because they're all in that business together. And a lot of the distributors private label their own stuff. So that contact came back around and was able to, you know, give him some recommendations on who to use and who would be most helpful with the design process. Because some of them, some of these places are like a one-stop shop. And you can tell them, we want this. And they draw it and sketch it and 3D it and manufacture it all in one place. Wow. Yeah. Something that I didn't even think about until you just mentioned it is the idea that phthalates are a problem for some people. Because mm -hmm. um, I have I have a friend who can't like she wears gloves in order because I work out with this woman. She wears gloves in order to even like pick up the free weights and stuff. Like how how recent is that in the industry that you're working in that people aren't aren't able to use phthalates or they they've realized that that is what the problem is with the silicone. Un unfortunately, it's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's like, it's too recent that this has become kind of common knowledge. Uh, I remember, I mean, when you would walk into an adult store or you went to one of those little, you know, like home parties, 
all of the products would be this like jelly material and you can tell that they're that they're you know essentially toxic because they emit the mm -hmm. smell you know like obviously yeah. like what these things do these i think plasticizers you know i mean they soften the plastic they're used in water bottles so they create like this you know great feeling stuff that can just do terrible things to your body it happened for a girl that was working for me oh. you know i mean this had to be like 2005 but she ended up going to the hospital because of one of the products she bought at our store and she used it and had an awful react, you know, just stuff of nightmares. <laughs> oh. But the sex toy industry is not regulated. Oh. So people get away with kind of lying on packaging, you know, like silicone blend, you know, that could mean there's 10% silicone in it. And then there's all this other, you know, rubber plastic stuff that's mashed up in there. Um, wow. that people can have like really bad allergic reactions to and yeast infections, UTIs. I mean, all that stuff is just kind of par, par for the course with, with phthalates. Um, so it's still something that it, you know, I'd say the last eight years people started putting, you know, phthalate free on packaging and body mm -hmm. safe became like a huge selling point. And, you know, because people were becoming more and more aware of it. But again, it's something that people are afraid to talk about. Like, I masturbated last night and had an allergic reaction to my sex toy is not something people want to share. Like, yeah, yeah. why are you in the hospital? Oh, no reason. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I tripped. Or they don't even the realize. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. They don't even realize the connection that like the pores in the, in the silicone are what's holding all the stuff. And it might not happen the first time. It might happen the second, third time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's more education on how to, on what products to buy and how to care for them. You know, I mean, it's just like if you, everyone's, it, but it's, it's like that with everything, food and clothing. I mean, all of that stuff has become very, very much like, you know, be careful what you're putting in your body just within the last 10, 15 years. And yeah. as much as like some people say the, the porno world is, is ahead of the game when it comes to technology. Like that's why Blu-ray beat HD and that's, you know, like VR and all that stuff. But it's really like I'd say like kind of seven years behind every everything else. Like we've been eating better for this long. We're only now masturbating with healthy things. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we just got to catch up. We got to get all of our body parts on the same timeline. Are you going to stores and uh, or I guess like the good vibrations or the, I don't even know kind of like what the landscape of the, I know of good vibrations. I know of Babeland. Mm -hmm. And then you worked at the love boutique, which I think is just a single, it's just a, no, deja vu was, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, a, line? it's a, cha I was going to say, yeah, chain? they're all oh. over the country. Oh, okay. Um, good vibrations just bought Babeland. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it depends Um we do trade shows, <clears throat> but um, like retail outreach and sales training is a huge part of, the business, oh, okay. um, especially now that that products are costing more to make, they're costing more to buy. And so people want to know why, you know, like, yeah. why should I buy this and not the $12 one on the wall, you know? Yeah. And sometimes that $12 one is the right one for that, that person, you know, it's, it just depends on, on their needs and their budget, obviously, and, and their desires. Uh, but it's it, once again, like education came into play. So it was like, how do we sell this? Because a hundred dollar vibrator is not going to sell itself. This industry is not selling itself anymore. So there has to be just as much education going into it. When you walk into Best Buy and you want like the latest digital camera, someone there knows everything about that product so they can sell it 
and it's very expensive. So you want that confidence when you're buying a product like that. This is no different. Yeah. This is exactly where people should go when they're looking for these products. Um, which is why I think, you know, people in this field that work in retail should be making a lot more, but that's a whole mm -hmm. different issue. Um, so yeah, a lot of it is me going out to these, these shops, even if it's an hour long, a half hour long, when you can get FaceTime in with the team that's on the, you know, on the floor selling it and you can tell them straight from the manufacturer, this is why we designed it. It's also great for this. Here's the specs behind it. Here's how you, you know, you, you will know everything about this. So you won't have to lie to your customer. So it won't be like a cheesy sales thing. No one, I, I can't tell you any chains off the top of my head that make commissions. So if you mm -hmm. can fulfill at least the confidence in the products that they're selling and they can have those magic moments with these guests that are coming into their stores, maybe terrified to be there, maybe embarrassed, maybe looking for something that, you know, they don't want to be judged for. Um, then yeah, like the, the training on the products and just the FaceTime with, with the retail associates mm -hmm is a huge part of this end of the job. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So how do people find that? Um, we do sell it online. Um, the website is clandestinedevices.com. And it's also available at so many, you know, boutiques out there. Um, I don't know if Good Vibrations picked it up yet because we go through a lot of distributors. Oh, so okay. a distributor will buy it and then sell it to Good Vibrations. Oh, but I know... There are fascination stores, Hustler Hollywood, the Deja Vu boutiques. Um, yeah, there are I'm, the Pleasure Chest. That's another one they carry it. Okay. So we're in a lot. We're in a lot of shops. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is not a pitch, but it is something that, like, when you like held up your little manta ray, I was like, oh my god, that is it. <laughs> um, I ha I have two different takes on this. So the one that my wife and I have been talking about for a very, very long time is a product that is either it doesn't matter if it's a, an external or an internal product, but it connects to your phone, and then it has an app that if I'm in a different state or wherever, I can basically set up a game or set up a, um, like a pattern for my partner's vibrator in a, in a different place. And then whenever they want to play, they can just turn it on, you know, insert it or put it in their underwear and then play the, play it. Yeah. Also, obviously you can be on there at the same time and do it. And what we did, we were looking at like, Kegel devices and stuff because those are pro programmable and they have a few programmable ones. Um, but all of these Kegel, um, we, we reached out to them and said, Hey, you know, my wife is a computer programmer and she's into app development and she wants to do all this stuff. Yeah. And they were really like secretive. They're like, Oh no, you can't have my dev kit. Oh no. You like, you just want free product. And I'm like, really? We don't, we really just want to <laughs> develop a product for your product. Yeah. Like, it's just an add-on. You wouldn't have to change your stuff at all. As far as the apps, like WeVibe, their new toys have mm -hmm. the apps. Have you mm -hmm. can you can use them in in LDRs. You can design your own vibration pattern. You know, mm -hmm. so like wow. if it's yours, like you can have your own vibration pattern designed, and then you can design one for your partner, and you can play Whoa. with them at the same time while you FaceTime. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Like oh my gosh. Um. Oh, so it sounds like sounds like WeVibe heard my call. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely did. Check them. I mean, because I think they're almost all of their products are compatible with the app that they have and their apps available on the on the 
awesome. Apple store and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's, ins- I just messed around with it in a, in a store when I was doing trainings actually a couple weeks ago in Phoenix. And it was the first time I actually got the chance to actually see how the app worked. And I'm holding mm-hmm. the product in one hand and like the, the salesperson's like playing with the app and the other one. And I'm watching her tap it and feeling it tap exactly how she's tapping it. I mean, it's just oh. nuts. And you can, and it is, you know, it's compatible from, Whoa. you know, it's for long distance relationships, people that are overseas. Like, wow. Yeah. It's, that's, it's, ex- yes. Yeah. <gasps> it exists. It does. It does. <laughs> yes. Jessica and I were having a conversation about like, can it vibrate just like slightly less, like 20% less hard? <laughs> that's, you know, it's, I, I, I like that you said that because this product, there's a lot of like bloggers and sex, re- sex toy reviewers m- way more than there used to be. And some of them are very influential and you know, it's because they're honest and you know, in this industry where so many people aren't, um, but they are still critics and critics can be mean, you know? Um, and so like, you know, the, the whole thing is like power, power, like the wand, the magic wand is like the, the end all be all. And it just comes down to like, this product will not satisfy the wand user. It just, it just mm-hmm. won't because, you know, and we, we tried to make it like a, one of those rumbly, you know, but like it's strong enough. It starts, you know, when you, when you turn this thing on, it starts about halfway. So you have the option to go down or up. We didn't want to start it, you know, at either extreme. We wanted to kind of start it right in the middle. But um, we've gotten some backlash from some of these reviewers, like, you know, unnecessarily mean. But again, they're critics. They have a following. I understand that's why they write the way they write. And that's why people like what they what they write, um, you know, just like movie reviewers or anything like that. Um, this is just a it's just a matter of like. When, when you're on this side of it and you're seeing it like that, I like, it's like, well, it's not for the people, you know, like, like <laughs> be objective here. Like, okay, so maybe it's not, maybe it's not for wand users, but what about everyone else? Like, what, like you just mm-hmm. said, like, can you make this less strong? Like I can't handle the wand, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, actually just recently I, I sent one to uh, a friend of mine as a, a birthday gift and her boyfriend was telling me that one of their old products was like too strong. And I was like, Oh good. Then this should be great. And a few days later she texted me and was like, the mimic is 14,000 out of 10, you know, like she loved it. <laughs> I said, That's who this is for. We were also talking about starting in the middle. Like I feel like every, every design is going toward, um, less, less buttons, fewer options, all that stuff. And like trying to make it really intuitive. And I feel like a lot of that stuff could be like fine tuned with an app or something like that. Like then you don't have like a extra remote or anything and you just open up your app and you say, I don't want it to start off at level 300. I would like it to start off at level four, please. (laughs) And then I would like it to build up or just like, like I'll take over manual controls when I feel it, but just, trying to trying to even that out just a little bit so that there's not extra extra odds and ends there's no more extra buttons on there because right. obviously you don't want that uh but you know having some having some options and having a few more uses for a toy is always helpful <laughs> and i say that knowing that i just had the conversation with with Jessica that like 
you don't want a lot of options on your toy. Like you want it to do like one thing. <laughs> you don't want the beads and the and the I twirly think, and the vibrator. Like, you do want it to be versatile. So it yeah. doesn't need to have all those bells and whistles. You want it to be simple, but it should be something that's versatile. And you know, I mean, if if I could brag about the mimic again. I mean, like I've had I've had people send me their feedback like, "Oh, you know, it's great on the testicles too." Like, I mean, it's oh. it's something that, you know, can obviously there are certain things this cannot do, but it does have a a nice amount of options because it's pliable, because it's the shape it is, because it's as big as it is. Um but but it's nice to know like I mean, people will come up with ways to use it. One of my favorite things that I used to tell customers was there are no vibrator police. They're not going to knock on your door and tell you you're doing that wrong. You know, like whatever feels good. If you buy it and you really just like it on your neck, cool. Use it on your neck. You know, <laughs> if you relax your vocal cords because you're recording that night, use it on your vocal cords. But like you said, I mean, the people people find ways to use these products, which is great because they're doing they're doing a lot of that work for us. You know, they're figuring yeah. out what they want, and that makes it kind of easier to like. You know, that's the nice thing about coming out with a new product. And basing so much of your your development on the feedback you get from that product. When I've gone, sometimes I've gone into Good Vibes and I've just, for whatever reason, I've just kind of shut down. And they're like, can I help you? I'm just like happy to describe anything. And I'm like, nah, I don't really. But also sometimes it's because I'm like, I really don't even know the question I want to ask. I don't even really know how to tell you. I, this is what my preference is. I'm looking at things and I'm, I'm just judging them. Right. And I'm like, I don't think that's... I don't think that's gonna. I don't think that. I don't, not that either. Um, so, what are the questions that you think people probably, or you know, might help spur a conversation that would? Because I, like you said, those those women in those stores have so much knowledge about all of those different um, pieces. What do you, from your experience in retail and with your product, uh, what are some things that might, some questions that might help people? Um, just get into a conversation. I think, I think literally, I mean, you can, you can, this is highly encouraged to test out your local, you know, adult store um, because you'll learn very quickly, like if it's somewhere that you should patronize or not, you know? Um, and the, the moment you walk in there, I think you should be allowed to say, I don't know what I'm looking for. Cause I used to get that mm -hmm. a lot. And I know that that's like, okay, well that's, that's going to be tougher. So that's probably even harder for someone to admit, like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. You know, like what a hopeless feeling, right. um, whether you're overwhelmed or whether you're just not feeling it or whether, you know, whatever it is, like that's a hopeless feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, it's our job. It's their job to kind of find out, okay, well, you know, you came in here for a reason. So, you know, what sensations do you like? You know, like, mm -hmm. we don't have to, you may, like I said earlier, you might walk out of here empty handed, but you know more, you know, mm -hmm. maybe you'll go home and all you need to do is take a bath and breathe right and masturbate. And then when you're ready to spend money, you'll come back here because you trust me now and you know that we're here to help and we're not just trying to get you to buy a $200 toy. Um, but I think, Questions like, yeah, like if you are interested in going into a store and starting that dialogue, it's a matter of what do I like? What sensations do, am I looking for? Am I pre-orgasmic? Am I going in here thinking this is going to make me have the orgasm I never had? Because it might not. It's so much more about you mm -hmm. than it is about a product or a lotion or a lubricant or a supplement or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's just a matter, you know, of... of being able to identify what you're looking for 
like as far as sensation goes before you, what you're looking for product wise. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause it might just be like, I don't know. I can't relax, you know, like, and yeah. there's not, there's not a vibrator that's going to make you relax if you can't get there first. So I always like, I used to always encourage like a lot of books before anything else. Like, oh. you know, there's, there's a book by, you know, good vibrations puts out a, a couple books, but they have a book on the G spot that I used to sell like crazy. Cause I'm like, learn about your body before you mm -hmm. worry about spending money on products and devices and stuff. Um, and that, I mean, that there's just so much that people need to know about themselves before they shop and spend money. And I think those can be more helpful tools. That's so that's great. And I want to put a parallel on that. That's funny and weird is that in therapy in, uh, they say in marriage counseling, uh, talk about, talk about feelings first. Which is basically what you're saying. Oh, Feelings wow. first, solutions later. Don't start putting things out on the table until you're sure that both you and your partner have discussed all of the feelings. Yeah. Is, are we through it? Have we talked every, have we talked about all of your feelings, everything that's going on in your head or, you know, and that we can discuss and then we can discuss, all right, here's, here's compromises or ideas because we, now we both have goodwill because we both know where we're both at. Right. But that's the same thing. Like you're talking about your body, like it, you know, th thinking literally about feelings and sensations first. Yeah. Okay. Identify that. Have I thought about everything? All right. Now I can th think about solutions right. and you're probably going to be able to go in and be very specific. Um, or, so cool. or like have a book parallel. to like help. It, and that's the other thing is that, a lot of people um, in marriage counseling or, or just therapy in general, they don't have, they didn't necessarily grow up with words for their feelings or their sensations. And so I imagine that having a book like you're talking about would help you to help a person to come up with the words for the sensations that they want. Yeah, I think so. I would hope so. And a lot of the times I think it absolutely does. It's, and you, you learn things that you never, never knew. And that's for everyone. I mean, that's more than women. That's it, just everyone in general, you know, to, to feel a little bit more comfortable identifying what it is that we like and what it is that we don't like and knowing how to achieve that, whatever that means to them. So where can we find things on the, the mimic on the internet? Um, you can definitely check out clandestinedevices.com and you can follow us on Instagram at clandestine devices. We're at clandestine DVC on Twitter. Um, and we're easy to find on Facebook as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This is a fantastic conversation. Thank you. This is, this is truly wonderful. For me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So I have a rhubarb gin recipe. Oh, nice. Uh, this is off of BBC Good Food. It's a BBC recipe. Use seasonal rhubarb to make a gin and tonic with a difference. Or top a soda water for refreshing summertime drink in glorious pink. I just like the glorious pink. It totally yeah. is glorious pink. I sent I sent you the link so you can link it. Oh, link it, the, link it in the show notes. All right. So this is a super simple, straightforward recipe. Um, and for those of you who are in an area like Minnesota, you can get rhubarb at a farmer's market this time of year. Well, probably you can get a you can get rhubarb at a farmer's market in the summertime. Um, it's a little bit harder to come by during like there is no 
There's no year-round rhubarb. We haven't figured that out yet. So you take one kilogram of pink rhubarb. So this is more than three stalks. It, it, it depends on your stalks. So take that in stride when you're picking out your rhubarb that you might need slightly more if your stalks are really thin. But you want the the really pretty red ones because you want the whole drink to be pink. And then you it's about four cups of sugar and 800 milliliters of gin. And you basically put it in a glass jar that you could put a lid on and you shake it up and you let it sit. Um, so you wash the rhubarb, discard the stalks, cut the stalks into uh, three centimeter lengths, put into a large jar with the sugar and shake everything around, put the lid on and leave overnight. Um, and the sugar will draw out the juice in the rhubarb. So after 24 hours, add the gin. And then seal everything and shake it around and leave it for four weeks before drinking. So you're actually making um, rhubarb-infused gin. It's gorgeous and you put it, you can put it in everything. You can put it in your lemonade. You can put it, you know, you can just drink it straight if you're a badass. <laughs> yeah, rhubarb gin. And I am a huge rhubarb fanatic. I get really excited in the summertime when, when the rhubarb comes out. And actually, I saw some like at the last farmer's market. So there's still some people who are keeping their, keeping their rhubarb plants alive. But most people have let them go to seed at this point, And they're just done. That sounds like a great recipe. Thank you so much for finding that. I hope <laughs> some people get to use it or at least yeah. file it away for next year. Yeah, I'll probably file that away for next year because I'm uh, unless unless I I dig out a a bag of frozen rhubarb, I bet it would work just as well with frozen rhubarb. Oh yeah, because yeah. then all the juice, like, because you're putting it in sugar and basically like sugaring the rhubarb. Also, side note: if you're gonna sugar the rhubarb, you should also just use the rhubarb in something. So don't waste that. <laughs> what can you do with it then? Start your do your pie or. Well, you can make rhubarb sauce out of it. Oh. Or like a jam. or a Yeah. Jelly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> mm. It is now time for the credits. A big thank you to audible.com, whatever gets you going, and between the sheets. I mean, they aren't actually sponsors, but we do like them. Thanks to Jacob and Aubrey for their support of our changeable dreams. Thank you to our guest, Kim, for talking with us and all of her insights. Thanks to Scott Haskin for the music. And thanks to Cassie, our producer, for cracking that whip and all of the art of grilled cheese and gin. If you like this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and we will give you a great big consensual interweb hug. You can also email us your questions at grilledcheeseandgin at gmail.com. You can follow us on our website, www.grilledcheeseandgin.com. Twitter at Grilled Shea Gin, G-R-I-L-L-E-D-C-H-E-Z-G-I-N. Facebook and Pinterest are both Grilled Cheese and Gin. Instagram is Grilled Shea and Gin, spelled G-R-I-L-L-E-D-C-H-E-Z-A-N-D-G-I-N. It should be Grilled Shea, uh, Grilled Chez and gin. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like a grilled chaise lounge. Yes, <laughs> yes. 
Our Patreon is Grilled Cheese and Gin. Our podcatchers include iTunes and Google Play. Also, each of us are starting up our individual podcast shortly. Keep an ear out for info about those because we keep talking about it at the beginning of the episode and it'd be really great if we could actually get our ass <laughs> acts together and put something up. You know, Vicky, gosh. Jessica, <laughs> Jessica, yes, me too, me too. Uh, <laughs> join us next week when we talk about some other cool womaning thing with some other cool woman. This episode is brought to you by whatever gets you going. Whatever turns your motor, whatever gives you that good feeling, whatever gives you exciting chills and makes you blush, whatever brings on the sweat and makes your heart beat a drum in your ears and makes your fingers tingle, whatever that is, you should get some of that. Ahem. What, really? I mean, that's what I thought that, you know... Grandmas can be sexy too. Uh, whatever you think. <laughs> well, I guess I, I guess I should I shouldn't desexualize grandmas. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a cold open line. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>